tonight I want us to just touch on something um, about friendship with God. Friendship with God. If we are not in friendship with God, we are in friendship with the world. If we don't have a friendship with God, we have friendship with the world. So there is no other middle ground. There is no middle place. You are either walking in friendship with God or you are walking in friendship with the world. Now, when I look at James chapter 4 and verse 4, I'm reading from the NIV. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world, that is our, that is our, our, our focus tonight. Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? It's a question. Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or, do you think scriptures say, says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us, but he gives us more grace? That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. See it there. But our main focus this night is in that verse 4. Don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? That's our main focus tonight. He's asking us a question that is worth pondering over or thinking about or looking into. He's asking us, do you not know that the moment you establish friendship with the world, you become an enemy of God? This means that there are many people who are walking today in the world who have declared war against God or they become enemies to God, not because they hate God or we don't love God, but because of our love of the world. Friendship with this world makes us an enemy to God. What a strong word. To be called an enemy, it means there's a line drawn. It means there's a divider. It means there's a separation. It means we are standing on one side, he's standing on the other side. It means we are on opposite sides. This scripture is troubling to the mind of a believer. One who calls God my Father and Christ Jesus my Savior and my Lord. But if we make ourselves to be friends with this world we are living in, we are not in this world, the Bible says. We were in this world, but we have been taken and chosen by God to be out of this world. How? Because God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. You know this scripture that I'm quoting now? It's one scripture that has been speaking so much, so much, and I believe there's so much that is hidden in it, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. God in Christ, yes. Doing what? Reconciling, meaning bringing close the people, those people that he has created to himself. Through Christ Jesus, he brought us closer to himself. Through Christ Jesus, he made it possible for us to be called righteous when we were sinners. Because the Bible says when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us so that we can come back to God and be known by God. Now, I want to just paint this picture. 
We were once in the darkness. We were once in the world. We were once not called the people of God. But through Christ Jesus, now we are called God's people, God's sons and daughters. We are no longer in the world. We are in him. If any man be in Christ, is a new creature. We are no longer called walking in the world, but we are walking in the kingdom. He translated us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son. All these scriptures, they are there to help us to understand that we are children of God. So God was in Christ, children of God. That's 2 Corinthians 5 verse 19, just for reference. God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not counting our trespasses or our sins again, and entrusting us. You think about it. Instead of counting our trespasses, our transgressions, no. Instead, he entrusts us with the ministry of reconciliation. So he reconciles us and he sends us out and says, go and do my will. I with mission of God. Now, this means that when we start this journey, though we came from God, though we were known by God, though we, were, we are blessed of the Lord, we are no longer of this world, but we still need to learn the ways of God. We still need to learn how to walk with God. We still need to learn how to trust God with all our hearts, with all our soul, with all our strength. Are you hearing me say hallelujah? Now, the Bible here says, who or it is troubling if we call ourselves believers, but we are still friends with the world. This means the moment we are called children of God, born again, we ought to separate ourselves completely with the world because friendship with this world will do something to us. Friendship with this world will make us to connect more with this world and disconnect with God. It will make us, as I'm saying, an enemy of God, meaning we are separated. We are now on opposite sides, whereas we have been reconciled through Christ, not longer to be on opposite sides, but on the same side. There are men and women in the Bible that we have come across who are called or who exemplify how to be close to God as a friend. One man that stands out very clearly is our father of faith, Abraham. Abraham was even called a friend of God. He was a man who walked very closely with God. He was not the only one. We hear of a man called Enoch. Enoch walked with God and he was not. This means that he was very close as a friend, walking with God. Are you with mission of God? There was a man who was called Rashas, who God trusted and walked with him to start a new generation or new people. His name was Noah. He commanded him to build an ark. He was walking with God. There are people in the scriptures, apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, who walked habitually and faithfully with God and God was with them always and God honored everything they were doing. Hallelujah. There was a prophet called Samuel. Samuel in all his days he walked before God. He lived before God. He served God until his last day when God called him to glory. Samuel was a one renowned prophet who walked with God. And with God, the Bible says, God allowed none of his words to fall to the ground. That's when you are working with God. He made that every word that Samuel will speak will be honorable word. Every word that Samuel will speak will be a word of blessing. Are you with me, children of God? Every word that Samuel will speak will be a word that will change lives. He, he was a man who walked habitually with God, 
Always he honored God. I remember at one point he was speaking to the children of Israel and says, Far be it from me that I will sin against God by stopping to pray. You know, when I once I read that, it really touched my heart that it means that if we stop to pray, for others and for ourselves. If we stop prayer, we are sinning against God. God is not expecting us to stop praying because things are tough, because things are hard, because you know we, we have got opposition. God expects us to pray in season and out of season. Somebody say hallelujah. We are ought to be prayerful no matter what the condition of life might be. The Bible says, Jesus, when he was teaching, that men always ought to pray without ceasing. This is you and I. We ought to increase in our lives of prayer without looking at conditions or situations. Maybe the problem is we are not significantly knowing the reason why we pray and how to actually pray. But the Holy Spirit whom God has given is there to help us to pray. Think about this man we're talking about, our father of faith, Abraham. The Bible says, he was a friend of God. He walked with God. How did he become a friend of God? It was when he obeyed what God has said, meaning when he trusted God in the promise that God has made. When he trusted God and he believed God that what God is saying, yes, I believe in it and I walk in it. The Bible says Abraham was now called righteous before God. He was credited with righteousness. Look at James chapter 2 verse 23. To emphasize this, mess, this this point that I'm making, James chapter 2, verse 23, it says, And the scripture was fulfilled. That's verse 23 of the book of James 2. The scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. What made him a friend of God is that this man, our father of faith, Abraham, the Bible says he believed God when God made a promise to him. He believed God when God spoke to him that, Abraham, I'm going to make you great. Walk before me habitually. Be thou holy and be thou blameless. Abraham began to engage his life and he began to try his best to live holy before God, to live without blame before God. Are you hearing in children of God? He was not a perfect man, but he tried as much as it was in his ability. He tried his best to rely on God, to strengthen his desire for God always, to make him to always walk before God with fear and trembling, to always desire to please God with all of his heart and not to desire the things of the world more than God. Are you hearing me, children of God? He loved God more than the blessing. When God delayed to give him the Isaac, when God delayed to give him the blessing that he wanted, when God was seeming to be delaying to do what he had promised, Abraham never turned against God. Well, that's what you read in the book of Romans 4. It says, against every hope, Abraham still hoped and believed in God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The Bible says he never wavered in the promise of God because of unbelief. This means that he had opportunity to waver. He had opportunity to begin to doubt God. He had opportunity to begin to question the position of God. He had opportunity to begin to question whether God is still for him. He knew that if God be for me, nothing and nobody can be against me. And he held that confession. He believed that confession. That's what the Bible says. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as a righteousness and he was called the friend of God. We can also be called what? Friends of God. Can be called beloved of God. Why? Because when we stand and 
we are sure that the promise of God or the word of God that he has spoken is true for our lives, God is pleased. When we stand and we choose not to doubt him in the midst of evidence that says God is not going to be true for you. Because when we begin to doubt God, we are now saying what? We are no longer standing with you, but we love this world so much. This means that as a child of God, whatever happens to anything and everything that connects you to this world, be ignorant of it. If you lose money, if you lose a job, if you are affected in your promotion, if you are affected in anything that you cannot take to heaven, child of God, be ignorant of those things because anything that is attached to this world, the moment you begin to cry over it, the moment you begin to take it as more important, imagine this. If prayer, we call it is communication. Simply speaking, if prayer is communication with God, right? Now you go to work, you find that at work there, they are, they are doing this, this, they are mistreating you. When you come back at night, you can't pray anymore. This means that you are now more connected to this world and everything and not with God. Now you stop talking to your friend who is God. You stop talking to Jehovah because somebody spoke to you in a bad way. Don't you think that that is not going to be pleasing? What if it was you? I stopped talking to you because when I, you know, when I, I came from work, Somebody or my manager spoke to me in a wrong way or my colleague did something wrong or maybe I lost that deal where I wanted to get my new car and they rejected me. They told me that I don't qualify. Imagine when I come to you, I'm no longer speaking to you. I don't want to talk to you. And if I question, what is wrong? No, it's because I was trying to get a car. They didn't approve the car. Imagine all of that. That's what... Most of the time, people, we are doing to God. When God is coming close to us, when God is working with us, we stop working with God on account of things that are going bad here on this world. And we ask God, why didn't you intervene? Why didn't you do something? But there were people in the scriptures. In Isaiah 41 verse 8, it emphasizes the same thing. Isaiah 41 verse 8, it says, But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend. Abraham is known everywhere. When God was speaking to the children of Israel, he reminded them that your father was my friend. This means that why is it that you are not my friend? If your father was my friend, you also ought to be my friend because he's a God of generations to generation. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, I'm going to read verse number 7. 2 Chronicles chapter number 20, I'm going to read verse number 7. Look at it, look at it there, look at it there, in that Isaiah uh, uh, 41. But you Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, you, you descendants of Abraham, my friend, I took you from the ends of the earth, from its furthest corners, I called you. I said, you are my servant. I have chosen you and have not rejected you. Think about this. This is God speaking. He's telling you, he says, he's telling you, he says, he says, Kate, he says, he says to you, he says, Sanel, look, I have come for you. you. You were in your corner in life. You were doing your own things. You were busy with your own life. I came to you. I approached you. When you were yet in your mess, in your sin, I approached you and I took you out. I removed you from there. I came and I placed you here. One of the reasons I did that is because your father, 
Your father of faith, Abraham, was my friend. So I want to bring you close to me so that you can also be my friend. I'm reconciling you back to me so that you can walk with me. Oh, hallelujah. This is what Christianity is all about, children of God. I have taken you out of there. I brought you close to me. I've taken you out of the mess of life. I've brought you close to me. That is the reason why when we're working with God, if you seem to find yourself messing up or doing what you used to do before, which was wrong, don't run away from God because it's God who came when you were in that mess, deep in the mess, and he took you, children of God. He took you. He brought you close to himself. Therefore, it means whatever can happen to you now, don't ever think it can take you away from God because he came to you when you were in your mess. Oh, I don't know whether somebody's hearing me. You, he came to you when you were yet a sinner. So when you, you happen to fall into sin, it does not surprise him. He looks at you and says, no, you still need more help. Oh, you still need more strength. Oh, you still need... That is why whenever God identify something in your life, what he does is not to condemn you. What he does is not to judge you. What he does is to send you the word. What does the Bible says? He sent forth the word and healed. Are you hearing me? So he will send you the word to heal the situation. He will send you the word to change the condition of life. He will send you the word to bless you. Hallelujah. So in that book of Second Chronicles chapter 20, if I look at verse number 7, it says, did you not did you not our God drive out the inhabitants of this land before our people, Israel, and give it forever to your descendants or the descendants of Abraham, your friend. Meaning, oh God, here in the book of Chronicles, they're reminding God, oh God, are you not the one who took us when we were up there? You brought us to this land, you said, this land belongs to you. You drove out our enemies. You took care of our enemies. Are you not the one? Because you knew we are descendants of Abraham your friend. Oh, hallelujah. They were reminding him, remember, we, we were busy, meaning they are telling God, we were busy with our lives, we were confused, we were depressed, we didn't know what to do, but you came, you reconciled us to yourself, and then when you reconciled, you gave us this land to belong here, and you said, this land I promised your father Abraham, because he was my friend, hallelujah, I'm telling you, child of God, God is the friend of our father of faith, Abraham, not only that, but God is the friend with his son, the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, he is a friend to him, he is a father to him. He is more than a brother to him. He is more than a father to him. In fact, I'm saying to you now, if God is a God who remembers the promise that he made to a man, just a man called Abraham, God will not forget the promise that he made through his son, Jesus Christ, over your life, that it does not matter what. He will walk with you all the way in this life. He will be with you all the way in this life. So what we need to remind ourselves always is what? Let us not step out of boundaries that God has set so that we are not friends with the Lord and make ourselves enemy of God. Meaning the love of this world will qualify us to totally be an enemy with God. In order to walk with God, as close with God as Abraham did, as close as Jesus did, we need to separate our minds, our desires, our thoughts from this world. Yes, the Bible says, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, what? These things that we need, these things that we desire, these things that we want, the Bible says they will be given to us. If we can only make God our closest friend. We can make God our closest desire. The main thing that we desire in life, God will assure that we have progress in this life. We have victory in this life. Hallelujah. There were other men apart from Abraham. 
I can give you an example again of a man like Moses. Moses walked very close with God. Moses was very close with God. How? Even from the time Moses was born, the Bible says by faith Moses was saved by his parents. They hide him so that he does not die. I, are you hearing me, children of God? And the Bible shows us that Moses ended up in the palace of Pharaoh. Moses was not moved. His heart was never moved. Though he grew up in the palace. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. But Moses was not influenced by all the glamour, the glory, the high positions, the gold, the silver, the money that was in the palace. Moses was found still loving his people. The Bible says Moses, In the, if you read the book of Hebrews 11, it says Moses rejected all the nice things, all the good things. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He refused to be called a grandson of Pharaoh. Why? Because he wanted the God of his fathers. Oh, hallelujah. Children of God, most of the time we turn against God when we look at the glories of this world, when we look at the beauties of this world, when we look at the luxuries of this world. But that was not Moses. Moses, all the luxury that he lived under in, in, in the palace, everything that he was given, he went to the best schools. But all these things never made him to forget his origin or never forget the God of his fathers. Hallelujah. When the time came, Moses was able to allow himself to disconnect with the palace, disconnect with the throne of Pharaoh, disconnect with everything so that he can be close to God. It was a decision he made. You think about a man called Job. Job was another man that was a friend of God, that even God was boasting about him. He said, oh, Satan, where are you coming from? He said, to and fro, walking around the earth. He said, ah, did you see my servant Job? I noticed him. How can I not notice him? Because I see you formed a hedge around him. You protected him. You did all kinds of things. Of him. Oh, if you can remove your hand on him, you will see what he will do. But God was speaking about this man, Job. He says, this man, there's no one like him. He's a man of integrity. Oh, glory be to God. He's a man of a humble character. He's a man who walks blameless before me. He's a man who walks with integrity before me. Are you hearing me, children of God? This means that a man like Job, a man like Moses, a man like Abraham, Satan has got nothing to accuse them before their father about because they were walking habitually before God in a life of holiness, in a life of fearing God, in a life which is blameless, in a life which is pure before God. Thank you, Jesus. It is possible that you can be in this world and you walk and live a life that Satan is not able to do things or to blame you or to do anything. Even if he desires to do so, he's not able to do so because what? Your character, your behavior, your lifestyle does not allow his accusations to stick on you. Whenever he tries to accuse you, they cannot stick on you because you are not found blameful. You are found blameless. Hallelujah. I, I, I still remember the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, this it is. The Bible says when, when God was coming down with, with this message as the two messengers he was with, the Bible says he was saying, I'm coming to check whether what I've heard about the city is true. Children of God, it means there are things that God will hear. Where did he hear it from? It might be a situation like what we're discussing about tonight, where Satan will go and accuse Sodom and Gomorrah before God and say, you people that you have created, your people that you have blessed, your people that you are giving them rain, Every season and out of season are turning against you. They are doing what is the worst of the worst. They are doing what is bad. And God says, let me go and see what they are doing. There was another situation when they were building the, the Tower of Babel. When you are 
reading the book of Genesis, the Bible says as they were building the Tower of Babel, oh, glory be to God. The Bible says their intention was the wrong intention because they say, well, let's build a tower so that we can reach the throne of God. What did they want to do at the throne of God? The Bible says God came down to see what is happening. He came to investigate what he has heard. Who was accusing them? Who was speaking about them before the Father? I believe it might be the devil himself. He was accusing their motives. He was accusing their intention. He was speaking against what they were intending to do. And God was saying, I won't judge them. I won't condemn them. Let me go and find out whether what I'm hearing is the truth, that their intention of coming close to me is not what I believed. It's not to be close to me. It's not to walk with me. It's not to be friends with me. But their intention is to come and fight my position. Their intention is to come and belittle my throne. Their intention is to come. Oh, hallelujah. God will always check the intentions of our hearts, children of God. Why do we want God to bless us? Why do we want God to do good for us? What is the intention? Is it because we are close to the world? Is it because our hearts are consumed by the world? Is it because we want to fit in into the world? Or we want God to bless us so that the message of the gospel can be preached, so that we can, we can support the gospel, so that we can support the kingdom of God? Or do we want God to bless us so that we can gloat, we can shine in this world, we can show off in this world? God will always check our intentions. What are your intentions tonight? Tonight, look at the time now. We are still on. We are still chatting with each other. Why? Because we need God. But there will always be a question. Are you doing this because you want God to bless you and then you want to shine among the people? You want to show off in this world? Or are you doing this because you need God? You love God? You want to be close to God? You want one day also to be called my friend when God is looking at you like God spoke concerning Jesus. He says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Are we doing everything we are doing so that tomorrow God can look at us and say, this is my daughter. This is my daughter. I love her so dearly. Look at her. That God will not be ashamed about our lives. When Satan will come to bring accusations, he will say, did you see Tebuah? Did you see Sanele? Did you see my daughter, Kate? Did you see them? Oh, how I love them so much. How I care about them so much. Are you hearing me, somebody? If you are hearing me, say hallelujah one more time. The Bible says, show us their examples of men who walked before God, children of God, who walked not, not shamefully before God, but they walked before God with integrity. They walked before God with, with integrity. How did they manage? Because they refused the, to make themselves friends to this world, but to become closer to God. There was a man called Lazarus. This man was called, he was a beggar. Oh, hallelujah. The, more, the, the reason I'm speaking like this, you know, I'm so excited. I told you about it yesterday. I'm so excited in my heart concerning this message we're sharing tonight. There was a man called Lazarus. This man, Lazarus, the Bible says he was a poor man. He was a beggar. He was always begging at the, at the, at the gates of this man who was rich. The rich man was not even mentioned his name, but this poor man was mentioned. His name was Lazarus. The Bible says when he was there always, he would be picking up the remainder of the food he would be eating from that rich man's house. But something happened. Both of them died. One found himself at the bosom of Abraham. The other one found himself in hell. Oh my God. And there was a separation or a ridge between them. This is what we are talking about tonight. There is something that separates us from God or from where God is or from the throne of of God, that is the love of the world. This rich man loved the world. 
He lived to enjoy the world. He lived to only, you know, you know, secure his position in the world, secure his, his, his family in the world, make his family to be blessed, to live well, to gallivant, to enjoy all the nice things. There was always plenty of food, but he forgot about the last day that he will be standing before God. He forgot about the day of judgment that was coming, that he will be standing before God. The Bible makes me to understand that I would rather in this lifetime now, where I am in this world now, not allow myself to be a friend of this world and if I'm not a friend of this world I must suffer a few things I would rather suffer those things I will humble myself and be content when I'm suffering those things because there is something much better that I must wait for the salvation of the Lord that is coming with him with the thousands of his angels when the trumpet shall sound I would rather wait for that time of glory I would rather wait for that moment when he comes than to have delicacies and good things now and be associated with this world and separate myself Myself with God because if I'm separated with God now, I will be separated with God in eternity. Just like the men we're talking about, the rich men. If I can be separated with men with God now, I'll be separated. The Bible speaks of something. The Bible says we cannot serve God and mammon. We must not serve God and mammon. We will have to choose between the two. Are you hearing me, children of God? This means that this mammon, the God of money, is able to separate me with God and now have a ridge between me and God. There's a valley now between me and God. Friendship with this world, friendship with this world, or what this world can offer will make us an enemy to God. I'm making a call and a plea tonight. Let us go closer to God, children of God. Let us make ourselves more closer with God. Let us become friends with God. Let us become more closer with God. Jesus defined friendship this way. He said, if we are friends, you will know everything concerning my life. He says, now I'm calling you friends. Why? Because you are now close to me. I tell you everything that I need to know. I don't hide anything from you. That's friendship that he was talking about. That's why when God was going to Solomon and Gomorrah, he says, can I hide anything from Abraham? Seeing this man is the one that is, I'm going to make him an heir of salvation. Seeing he's the one that I'm going to bless every nation through him. Seeing that he is my friend. Must I hide anything from him? Let, him t let me tell him that I'm going to Sodom and Gomorrah. And if I find these people sinning the way I've heard, I'm going to destroy the whole city. Are you with mission of God? This means that when we are close to God, oh, glory be to Jesus. When we are close to God, there are things that we don't even have to fight to know. Or to hear about them. God Himself will just alert us of those things. I want to finish in First John chapter 2, verse 15. First John chapter 2, verse 15. It says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Very clear, plain and simple. If we love this world, if we happen to love cars, houses, things of this world, fashion, whatever you call it, money, whatever, more than God, then we are not like these men we are talking about. These people were offered things. These people had access to things, but they never loved these things more than God. Children of God, money is good. Position is good. Fame is good. To be known by people is good. To be appreciated by people is good. To have all these things is good, but not to the extent that it must separate us from God. Our love of God must be primary, must be number one. The Bible says there's a command that God gave, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your might. Thank you, Jesus. In the book of John chapter 15 and verse 19, John 15 verse 19, it says that if you were, 
of the world. The world will love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He said, I chose you out of the world. I took you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. This means that this is a sign to you and I. When the world does not understand you, when some people don't understand you, when you find some people around you, some family members around you, they don't understand you, you must rejoice before God because friendship with this world will make you to be loved by this world. But when you begin to cling to God, you'll be hated by the world, meaning you'll be hated by the world system. You'll be hated when you did nothing wrong. You'll be despised when you did... Look at Joseph. He was hated just to be a dreamer because he had dreams only. He was just hated to be a dreamer. Oh, hallelujah. Look at Jacob. Jacob suffered many things. He was, he was dealt with in a terrible way in Laban's house. Why? Because only God was working with him. He was blessed with God. This world was not you know, very good at him. He, 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 he got raw deals at times because he worked with God. He chose to be close with God. When did he decide to be close with God? The Bible says when Jacob left the house of his father and his mother, on his journey, he came to a place where he put his head on the stone. He rested that night just to relax. And that night, he had a vision. He was shown in a dream, a ladder coming from heaven. When he woke up, he said, oh, I didn't know that this place is the house of God and the hand of God is in this place. The Bible says he began to speak to God and said, God, if indeed you will be with me where I'm going, I will be close to you. I will honor you. When I come back, I will even give you a tenth of everything that will bless me with. Oh, glory be to Jesus. Do you see, children of God, when we honor God with our substance, when we honor God with our finances, when we honor God with our tenth, when we honor God with our tithes, it's a way of showing gratitude that God, I am because of what you have done. I couldn't be what I am. I couldn't have what I have by my own power and strength. So I'm not paying God because I happen to have something that by myself, by my own strength, I have. No, I'm thanking God that God, if not for you who put this money in my hand, yes, I might have received it as a salary from my manager, from my employer, but it is still the hand of God working through my manager to bring that money in my hand. So I have to be thankful to God that God, you did all these things to me. So he says in that book of John 19, sorry, John 15 verse 19, that if we were of the world, the world will love us. But because we are not of this world, the world will hate you. Child of God, when you face hatred from this world or from hatred from the world systems, just know that it is sign that you are walking closer with God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The last thing I can tell you is in the book of Matthew chapter 11 verse 19. Matthew chapter 11 verse 19. Matthew chapter 11 verse 19 says, The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, look at him, a gluten and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. Jesus was found walking, obeying friends, obeying close with people that when he associated with them, oh, people thought, no, these are drunkards or whatever. You know, sometimes it's better to be close to people who need salvation than to be close to fellow Christians. I'm not saying to be close with fellow Christians is a bad thing. But sometimes, like the situation that Jesus found himself, it is much better to be closer to people who need salvation, people who need the light, which is in you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. People who need the salt, which is in you. People who need the Jesus, who's in you. Sometimes it's better to be closer to them than to be more closer with Christians because Christians, there'll be competition among each other. 
they'll be backbiting among each other. They'll be criticizing each other. There'll be issues of judging one another. There'll be issues of competing one another. Oh, do you pray like me? Do you fast like me? How many hours do you pray? How many hours do you read the Bible? How many are you hearing mention of God? But when you find a person who's a non-believer, it's not an issue of competing of how many scriptures do you med- do you know? How many scriptures do you meditate upon? How many hours do you pray? No. When you meet a non-believer, even if you pray two minutes or five minutes, oh thank you, Jesus, it makes a difference. It's brings- Jesus was found at times making friendship being close with people who need salvation who needed the light that he carried who needed the life that he carried there's somebody out there who need the life you have who need the light that you carry it's not only your fellow christians there is somebody somewhere out there draw closer to them so that they can know god as their friend and not as their enemy because many people run away from God because they think God is a harsh God he's a God who hates them he's a God who loves who does not love them but God is the opposite of God God loved them for God so loved the same world that we're talking about that he says don't be a friend of the world so God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life so when we come closer to God we must know that God wants to take us out of the same world that he loved. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In the book of Luke chapter 14 and verse 10, Luke chapter 14 and verse 10, oh God, Holy Spirit, help me to finish here. Luke chapter 14 and verse 10, the Bible says, but when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place so that when your host comes and he says to you, friend, move up higher, then you will be honored in the presence of all who are sitting on the table. Here he's talking about something wonderful. He says, if you live a life where you are in a humble state, you are ready to be lifted up. The Bible says, humble yourself in the sight of God and God will lift you up. I've seen this also in the life of Abraham, the friend of God. God, when he was saying, Abraham, walk before me, go, he was saying to him, Abraham, you are my friend. He was saying to him, Abraham, I want to lift you. Thank you, Jesus. Therefore, it means that the response must be what? Humble yourself because God only lifts people who are humble. God lifts people who are humble. He's saying here, by teaching us according to Luke 14 verse 10, even when you are invited to a place where you, 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 are, you, you are supposed to be a, you know, an important person, you're supposed to be somebody who's honored there. He says, don't go and put yourself up there. Put yourself where when God approaches you or when the, the man who hosted the function comes, he will lift you. He will take you to a higher position. Don't put yourself in a higher position because you'll be taken down. Hallelujah. Are you with me, children of God? I want to end here by telling you that, children of God, there is something that when we speak about certain accusing the brethren that we need to learn. How does he manage to do that before God? Only if we make ourselves friends with the world. The moment we attach our hearts, our belief, our strength, our everything to this world or what this world offers, Satan has got something to use against us. This means that we give certain ammunition. We arm the devil against ourselves by loving the world. What did he do to Jesus when he was tempting him? Are you not seeing it tonight? See it in a different way tonight. What was Satan trying to do to Jesus? He was trying to make Jesus to fall in love with what God has created, which is in this world. He was trying to make Jesus to love the position of honor, the position of high standing in this world. 
and forget about the position that he has in God, which is as a son, as a servant and a son. He wanted Jesus to love the glories of the kingdoms of this world and forget his position. Oh, thank you, my Lord, for teaching us this tonight. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking to our hearts. He wanted Jesus to forget to honor his father so that he can have all the nice things that this world has to offer. Satan will always tempt us because he knows we need these things. He knows we need comfort. He knows we need houses. He knows we need cars. He knows we need money. But at what expense? Are we going to make ourselves closer to this world and we separate ourselves with God? Far be it. The Bible says when we seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will come to us and not losing our soul, our salvation, our closeness with God. Look at the man, Abraham. Abraham was very rich. But Abraham never compromised his position with God so that he can gain the things of this world. Abraham was ready to lose what he was having. Abraham, even David, there's, one, some, there's something very similar with them. There was a time where they needed a field or to buy a land. And the people that they were asking the land from or the people they were buying the land from, they were saying, no, 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 you don't need to buy from us. I will give it to you freely because I fear your God, I honor your God. But what did Abraham and David do? These two men, whom we know, they were close with God. They were working as friends with God. The Bible says they refused and says, no, otherwise if I allow this, something wrong will happen. I will be separating myself with my God. It means that I'm starting to see myself like I'm able to do things by my own ability. I'm no longer needing God because now I've got money to do everything. But the Bible says they use the money to give honor to God. They said, no, 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 no. This land belongs to you. I will not take it freely. Let me pay so that you give me the land. This means that they did not care that they were losing. They were being given freely. If it was you and I, oh, I'm saving more. This is my chance to save more. This is my chance. But they did not want money to become their God. Like, if I'm taking this money away, I'm losing. To them, it was not losing. To them, it was showing that God is more greater. Think about when, when, when Abraham was coming back from rescuing Lot. The Bible says he was given an opportunity to take everything that they came back with, the spoils they came back. He says, no, 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 no. If I take this, tomorrow you will say, I'm the one who blessed him. I can't be blessed by you. It must be my God who will bless you. We have choices to make. Are we more going to side with whatever we can get from this world or do we choose God? Always bet on God. You will not fail. Choose God. You will not fail. Choose to stand with God, child of God. You not fail. The devil is only able to be armed against us, to accuse us, and to fight against us when we fall in love with the world. Because, let me tell you this, that is the same thing that Satan did. When Satan was still an angel, together with the third that he fell from glory with, he had access to everything. But when he began to look at things, and he began to look at God, he began to belittle God. He began to love the things that he was given authority over. He began to love the things that he was in charge over, more than the one who created them. He began to now desire the position of God. He began to want to fight God. This means that what? Pride developed in him. 
Satan was clothed with the glory child of God. But at the end, he desired what God was having and he began to want to fight God for that. There are many people today that we are acting almost in the same way, though we are not called devils. That when God gives us glory, when God clothes us with glory and glamour and majesty and beauty and everything, we begin to boast about our positions. We begin to look at ourselves as more honorable by our positions and what we possess. And now we begin to honor our own strength and our ability than the God who blessed us. We begin to fall more in love. How do we know we fall more in love? When something that you have is taken away from you, you begin to despise God and hate God. You begin to fight God. Now you are more in love with possessions than the one who gave you the possession. Job refused to be like that. He says, naked I came to this world, naked I can go. I will never turn against God. If he is the one who made me rich and he is the one who decided to take the riches away from me, I will still honor God. He was not connected to the world. He was always connected with God. He said, in poverty, in riches, God is my God. Hallelujah. We need Christians today who will say, job or no job, promotion or no promotion, money or no money, whether I have got it or not, whether I've got this or not, God is my father. I will still honor him. I will still reverence him. I will still praise him. I will still give him the glory. I will still say you are my God and I will be your daughter forever and ever. I will not for any reason turn against my God. I will not for any reason stop saving my God because God has not yet given me the job. God has not given me yet the car. God has not yet given me a spouse that is suitable for me. God has not yet given me everything I've been praying for. I will still honor my God. I will still bless his holy name. I will still glorify my God. I will not, because I'm lacking something in this world, I will not make myself connected to this world because I want to be close with my God. We can do it. It is possible. It is possible, child of God. If they did it before, we can do it. If there were men and women who did it, we can do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If there were people who were able to do, we can do it. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. I'm saying to you tonight, he can't accuse, he can't defeat, he can't have his way unless we first fall in love with the world and we make ourselves an enemy of God. But if we keep our friendship with God strong, he has got nothing against us. Jesus stood and said, here is Satan. He's coming against me, but he's got nothing against me. Meaning, he can't do anything to me. He can't do, he can't touch me. Because I only do what my father says I must do. I only speak what my father says I must speak. So how will he accuse me? I never allowed myself to turn stones to become bread because I was hungry to glorify myself. I never did. I never throw myself down so that angels can come quickly to save me because I know I'm an important person and I need to live until I fulfill my assignment. No, I never tested my God. 
when things were tough, I never tested God, but I humbled myself always before God. And that is why God is always lifting me. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We ought to embrace the same kind of life. We ought to walk that way. I'm seeing you rising as you walk with God and you continue to humble yourself. I see your future will be greater and greater, will be a blessed future. Don't look at your present circumstances. The Bible says, I am very sure of this truth, that my present condition, my present afflictions, my present predicament cannot be compared with the glory that is to come. Hallelujah. Somebody, you can lift your hands somewhere where you're standing right now and say, Hallelujah. Praise be to your name, Lord, that my present condition cannot be compared to the glory that is coming in Christ Jesus. When the trumpet shall sound, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. Oh, glory be to Jesus. I know that my salvation, I'm not a waste. It's not a waste. That my salvation is waking to me another weight of glory and the glory of God shall be realized. So the glory that God gives us today must not separate us from God by making us to love the world more. No, we must love God more. Keep loving God more, child of God. Despite what you have, what you don't have, keep loving God. Friendship with God is our ticket to a great future and a great life. Friendship with God, closeness with God is our ticket it's our ticket to defeat Satan's attack. We arm the devil. Take note of this word. I'm repeating it over and over again. We give him ammunition. You know ammunition? He might be holding a gun, but his gun does not have bullets. You give him bullets by loving the world. You are like giving him bullets. I say, shoot me. Shoot me down. Shoot me. Shoot my future down. Shoot my future. Shoot my prosperity down. Shoot my... Oh my God, oh my God, somebody must hear me tonight. You, you, we hand ammunition to him to stand against and to fight us. But I'm pleased tonight that the spirit of grace is with us. That whatever you do, you will not fail, child of God. That whatever the devil has been trying to do, he will not succeed. He will not shoot you down. He will not bring you down. Because you are not going to give him ammunition against you. You are not going to fall in love with this world and allow him to have something to accuse you by and have something to speak against you, to have something to challenge your position before God about. So may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine over you and grant you peace. May you be blessed this night as you rest. May you be blessed as you rise in the morning. As you rise in the morning, behold the grace of the Lord. Behold the light of God. Behold the blessings of God that will be coming to you. In the name of Jesus, the Bible makes me to understand that weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. I see joy coming your way. I see gladness coming your way. I see peace of God that surpasses all understanding coming your way. I see you filled with joy unspeakable. I see you doing things oh, and the glory of God radiating from you. The same glory that the Bible says when Moses was in the presence of God, he was radiating with glory, but the people were afraid of the glory, so he had to put a veil on his face. I, the glory that we have today, the Bible says it's an unfading glory. May you rise up in the morning radiating with such a glory that mighty Father, it influences, it attracts, it impacts everybody that you bust, everybody that you come close with in the name of Jesus. May 
you arise and shine for the light has come and the glory of the Lord, the light of God is about to be revealed in your life. May you be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. May you be strong and be able to defeat everything that is there in your life to weaken you, to weaken your strength, to weaken your power. I pray for strength. I pray your faith will never fail. I pray and charge you to say, child of God, stand and be strong and fight your good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life until Christ Jesus comes again, until the trumpet will sound. Be close to God and reject the closeness of the world. Be close to God. Walk closely with God and see God change everything. Take things and bring them to your, to your life. In the name of Jesus, everything is well with you. It is well with your life. It is well with your career. It is well with your finances. It is well with your love, with your life. It is well with your family. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Stay blessed, stay well, in Jesus' name. Shalom, shalom. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.